Greetings, and welcome to the Creative Revolution Show. I'm Ron. And I'm Shireen. Join us while we talk about and share creativity today. Music, visual, written art, and near the end, we'll include a short segment with information on plant-based nutrition. It's episode two, and today Ron and I are pretty excited to have on the show our dear friend and fellow musician, Paul Shelley. Paul lives in the Los Angeles area where he is a musical instructor and professional guitarist. Without further ado, let's introduce you to Paul. Tell us and the viewers how you are living creatively with your musical endeavors. Well, I'm a professional musician and instructor. My main of mode of business is my private instruction here in Los Angeles. My business has been in business for the past 28 years, and I create custom music programs for uh, private clients, and I travel to their home and teach them. I also create a bunch of uh, groups that are client-based uh, and they're music groups, so they get a chance to practice different styles in group collaboration. I also play at the Grandstand Jam, which is a promoter that I use here to play live blues and stuff like that. Um, I do recording. I do uh, I do uh, band management. Those are my main activities. That's cool. Hey, so do you do you like write? Do you write and compose music too? I sure do. I uh, have uh, two solo albums out on CD Baby. Um, I have Harmony 2010, which is all original. I, I'm pretty much the only player on the record. <laughs> and I also have many compositions on this other record on CD Baby, Original Works uh, 2003 through 2008. Those are my most recent uh, compositions recorded. Um, I also have a bunch of band things too, where I've contributed to records there. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So that's just kind of like what's happening currently. Are we going to go, go back in the archives a little bit and talk chronologically about, well, I, I will say, first of all, I, I remember meeting Paul for the first time at an audition for a blues band and we were both auditioning for the same band and what a cat call that kettle call. Is that what you say it is? That was because the the guy who held the audition says, well, I'll just have all the guitar players plug in at the same time and see what happens. Oh, was that ever a fun time? But that's how Paul and I met. We both ended up being in the same band, that Birdman Blues Band at the time. So if we're going to go back a little bit, um, Shireen, did you have, have a place where you want Paul to start? Yeah. I'm, so let's go back to the beginning to Eclipse. <laughs> Eclipse was my first, I would say, real group. And it was a very bare bones group. It normally was either three or four guys. Uh, and uh, we were all young. I mean, I was just like in high school, like probably my last year or so. Uh, and the other guys were actually even a little younger, also in high school, but like sophomores. Uh, and uh, we used to play parties like uh you know really simple like house parties and things like that and uh you know we had basically a set list of 
classic rock and things that we were just developing as new players. Uh, and we were organized, you know, they could, we'd show up, they'd pay us $75 and we would just jam for the, the, the evening. And it usually was a really great experience and kind of coalesced the ability to play in front of people, get confidence and understand how to work in the music business. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and that, um, that eventually led to a, a more professional band called Licks, right? That turned into the FNA artist, Rev Lover, or retro artist. Um, and you and your brother David were in Rev Lover with the other three guys. And you were on the road. You were touring all the time and making loads of money and spending it like crazy <laughs> on good things, though, right? So tell us about Rev Lover. Well, what happened was, is Eclipse eventually evolved into professional groups. And there were a few. They were all basically leading up to the Licks situation, which was originally my brother David, myself, and we had a drummer. And we met another band that we were basically on the same circuit with. And we basically combined the two groups and got rid of the <laughs> members. It was, it was a business. You know, we used to play a lot of venues that were popular and they were professional. You had to show up and if you wanted to get invited back, you had to deliver the goods. Well, this group became huge in South Florida, which is where we were at. We used to play at all the big venues. Uh, our biggest gig or our best gig was we played at Penrods on the Beach as the house band. And we set many attendance records for over a thousand people per show. We played Friday and Saturday nights and that allowed us to earn enough money to actually come out to LA in 1987 and ultimately change into Revolver, which became a really professional hard rock group that played on the Sunset Strip. We were involved in the pay to play thing and we were really, you know, worked our way up the top of the chain. And we also were lucky enough to record and go on a number of US tours and made a couple of albums too. Ultimately, those albums have been combined together in one collective work, which is the FNA record that you were talking about. Uh, and that is the Revolver story. And that was uh, like uh, late 80s and 90s? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is exactly what it was. We, we, uh, Revolver's official years of operation were from 1988 to about 1994 and after that Rub Lover because the styles have changed so much was losing its ability to make money and work on the road so we reformed into another group called Milestone and Shireen's heard some of the music on this record too um, which is a hybrid of rock band and also funk hip-hop and other things this is a record that has 10 songs on it and we recorded it in artisan studios in Hollywood. Um, and it was uh, signed to Solar Records in 1995. Unfortunately, it was it was a difficult sell because it was a complex product. And I think it was a little too sophisticated for the audiences they were trying to do. I, I, I and I, we met, I want to say it was around 90, 95. 95. So, so 
it's very very interesting that all three of us were in the Los Angeles Hollywood area during the Rev Lover lo, the Rev Lover time frame, and we were all doing stuff, but we never crossed paths when we lived down there. It wasn't, or did we? No, we did. But we, I, but we met after that was all over. Same thing with my my original project and whatever. And then we met at that time. So you want to pick up after that? Like we're talking about right around the time when I think you and I met Birdman Blues Band. Yes. Well, when I met you, Ron, which was about 1995, I think it was the latter part of it. Um, I was still in Milestone. I was a signed recording artist. But because we were shelved, we weren't going on tour or anything. So I decided to follow another career path. And if something took off with that, that's great. But I uh, eventually decided to work on more blues type projects. And uh, that's when I got involved with you uh, and more or less kind of left that behind and proceeded into the next phase of my career. So are you saying that um, you were still signed to Solar while you moved on into Birdman Blues Band, right? That's pretty much the story there. Yeah. I mean, I was there, right, on the yep. fringes, coming to see yeah, you guys yeah. play all the time at the classroom. It was it was fun. The set. Um, you used to see us at, yes, the classroom. There was another room we played called the Strawberry Patch, which is a little hole in the wall, but it was actually a nice gig to play. We used to play at Polari's which was a restaurant. Oh, yeah, down. Italian place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a nice gig, though. We got a, we had a lot of opportunities to play there. Some good shows. You and um, Ron were such great complimentary guitarists in that group. It was it was inspiring. Even to this day, people who hear the music there very often remark on how well we complimented each other because Ron and I, even though we have concurrent approaches on certain things were completely different artists i was way more i would say improvisationally based and i was looking for a musical adventure <laughs> ron was a little bit more controlled and cerebral about it but as i've evolved as a musician i like to think i've learned from his example <laughs> i think uh i, I want to uh, interject something here so the birdman blues band uh, we were a house band, a jam session on, I believe it was Thursday nights weekly. And we met and networked with so many people and so many really, I would have to say at least locally well-known people came in and, and joined us on stage in that group week. Very good experience. It was cool. And, and did that, um, did that overlap with Underwater at some, their next incarnation paul or did that yeah under pressure yeah under pressure that's then you mentioned that here's the record that we did this is an interesting story because um what happened with uh, the birdman blues band is the birdman actually left the band (laughs) so the band dissolved (laughs) i was running the jam at the time because tim casey gave me that gig um, and what I did was, is I just simply reorganized the group. We put a new name on it, uh, and we modified our set list to basically accommodate that group. And that group continued running the jam and doing some small local gigs there. 
Um, but what happened was, and about 1998, towards the latter end of it, the jam went to another artist, Ruben, aside, and went into the studio for a whole year with my other partner, Mike Zwab, and uh, we built the Under Pressure original songs, and um, we recorded the whole thing in his studio. Um, it took us like a year to do. We would work. Basically, the times that we would we'd get together once or twice a week and we'd plan a, a studio day, we'd lay down tracks. I did all the guitars and the bass guitar. Uh, Mike did all the vocals and the drums and keyboards. So between the two of us, we were able to cover all the band positions. We had a few guests on certain tracks here and there, too. Um, the compositions, most of them are Mike, but I did a lot of direction and contouring of his songs because he could show me the bare bones of it, and I would elaborate on it and make it into a complete studio piece. I was going to ask you what that's uh, like, if your career is anything like my history, um, I recorded a lot of stuff that isn't available through streaming. Is under pressure material that's available in any way, shape, or form at this time? Only through myself. Uh, I have yet to put it on CD Baby. Now, I've spoke with Mike and we've talked about it. But uh, we never come to an actual conclusion on it. But I have a feeling in the future, we may just do that. And uh, if that's the case, then it's available. Usually, most people have heard it. I have some uh, tracks on SoundCloud, and uh, I've referred them to them. And uh, cool. I may even put more tracks up on the Internet, too, because uh, it's a good way of, uh, it's a good way of uh, sharing the music. It's, I don't know if it's sellable at this point, but uh, it, it can be shared. It's decent. It, it was a good. It was a good project overall. Yeah, I mean SoundCloud. You could just put a few of the songs for free listening. You know that people can't download them, but they could listen and enjoy it. Yes, and I, I feel that people they really want the the record. Usually, what happens is people give me a call and they'll ask me for like a bootleg recording of it, you know. And I, I'll send it along, you know. I mean, there's not like a huge demand for it because it was more of our own personal project. And I think for Mike, in his case, it was a cathartic event where he channeled a lot of dark emotions that he had at the time, which we channeled into creative elements, which was a very positive way of taking the trauma in his life and using it in a in a constructive way well I, and i think you know to go to the, the broader discussion here of being artistic we are creator beings and part of our process here is to alchemize those horrific experiences that many times we don't even bring on ourselves sometimes we do but when we have a traumatic experience and we need to um heal from it making art is one of the most beautiful ways to alchemize and then fully heal from it. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I think maybe, uh, maybe Mike and you and some of our other friends can get together and we'll just start our own little like label and just have everything in one place for everybody <laughs> all at the same time. That's cool. I, I think that that would be cool. So I what would. what was going on then after that time period? You so under prep that that thing came out. You did that work with Mike, and what happened after that? Well, then what happened after that is Mike and I 
we did gigs until about 2001 or 2002. I got married and I moved to the South Bay and it was really a long distance away from him. We couldn't collaborate physically anymore. Uh, we're still great friends and we do see each other at jams, but I had created a completely huge backlog of material, which I put on two solo records. The ones, uh, this one here, Paul, uh, Paul Shelley, Original Works, uh, 2003, I'm sorry, 2003 through 2008, which is a miscellaneous hodgepodge of original material. Uh, I'm the only artist on that record. And then a more organized album called Harmony 2010, which uh, I did in 2010. And uh, I spent, I'd say, the first part of 2000, the first decade, working on my solo work, playing in two bands, the Moondog Blues Band, I also played in the Bluesmen, which were two groups that played as blues music at, at uh, nightclubs and whatnot. And we did some traveling. I did some stuff with Ventura and whatnot. Cool. You know, one thing that we we didn't touch on that might be of interest to our people um, following our show is the Super Eclectic Acoustic Electric. Uh -huh. um, and it was a project that the three of us played on. And we were kind of a sit-down group. And... It was super, it was eclectic, and it was electric, and it was acoustic. <laughs> yes. And, and it was primary, like some of it was original material from the, the past, and a lot of it were cool little songs, and we did coffee houses and some special events and things like that, so. You know, um, it was, it's funny that it was in the day, right before cell phones became really popular for recording, so we don't have any recordings at least that we know of, um, to share. But I did dig up a couple of photos that we had a, a professional photo shoot, remember on the, the Northridge campus? So um, here they are. Yeah. Hey, what's grand, What's Grandstand Jam? What's that? Grandstand Jam is basically my, my good musician partner and drummer, uh, his name is Stephen Marshall. Uh, his stage name is Sticks. Um, he runs the Grand Stamp Jam, which is a kind of a blues jam uh, show that goes to different nightclubs that he contracts here and there. And we have a network of professional and non-professional musicians uh, that generally attend. And he has a lot of musicians that he knows through the city. And, uh, and we all, uh, we all, you know, work through that situation. And since Steph and I are good friends, very often he'll give me control to put groups up of my own choosing and lead other groups that he wants. So it's a way I stay active uh, in a, a creative and instrumental way where I get to play my guitar. The Los Angeles area, you should definitely check it out. That mm -hmm. was for, for our viewers. Yeah. Um, so once again, you know, we're really glad to have you on our, as our first guest on our um, Creative Revolution show. Um, we still have a few minutes left here and, you know, give us, we'll collect our thoughts here and figure out if there's anything that we've missed so far. Of course, we will, you know, put some, you know, uh, information, contact information and stuff in the show notes and um, uh, we're, 
recordings might be available or a way to contact Paul if you need his, you know, want to find out more about his services and what he does. Um, and, you know, I think we, we actually went to um, the Los Angeles area and visited Paul in the past, in the last year, I think it was last summer or last fall or whatever. Uh, so hopefully we'll have some more gatherings like that. Maybe you can come up to our area sometime and, but we'll definitely be passing through LA more and more as time goes by. But uh, um, um, I didn't have any other parting thoughts other than I'm, I'm looking forward to possibly collaborating, you know, on some stuff over the internet remote recording with you, Paul and Shireen in the future. I would love to do that. So would I, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for having me on, especially as the first guest. I feel honored. Yay. Well, we go back a long time. I'm sure it's got to be good. Well, yeah, it's going to be 30 years pretty soon. Oh, my I gosh. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? I wouldn't. I I have no regrets over any of it. It was, it was really a fun time, and some of the recordings that have resurfaced with those blues jams that we did. Oh my gosh! It's like I keep. I listen to them. I go, that's really me. Anyways, it's been great. Anybody parting thoughts? Anybody else before yeah, we move just on? just thanks so much, Paul, for you know help with our first official interview. Finally, here we're getting we're getting it's rolling and it's, it's happening it's great well i think all three of us know how to persevere so I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and that is part of the creative revolution isn't isn't it because we've we've got to keep this show going on perseverance and and courage is a, you know imperative <laughs> right yeah. on. All right. Thanks again. All right. Paul. Thanks, Paul. We'll catch up with you again, and 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 you know, and as soon as we can get around to it. Again, thanks, Paul Shelley. Okay, now we're going to talk a little bit about music, um, some here and there recording projects now and then. Our friend Larry and his wife Karen, Larry and Karen, are um, going to be releasing another CD. So it looks like there may be some um, things for ways for us to get involved in that project as well also we started a club called um axe to grind and it's simply a, um, a gathering of our friends musician friends of all levels some non-musicians as well but we welcome all levels and we get together and we make sound and we make we make some noise we play songs and it's just an opportunity to jam and learn how to play guitar bass and drums um using uh blues-based um, songs, um, allowing plenty of opportunity for improvisation, you know, like learning how to take solos and stuff like that and trading solos. And we only have uh, simple uh, requisites for joining this club, and that is um, one, that you attend when you can, um, you want actually want to be here, and two, if you have any poor attitude does not contribute to a, to a a cool and fun vibe just leave that at the door before you come in the only requirements yes <laughs> keep it simple <laughs> it's the baba vegan update what am i making in the kitchen well we have some clients who have 
big requests. So this week I'm making Mexican lasagna with cilantro lime crema. And I'm doing something new. Well, not new, I haven't done it in a long time because I got these cute little mini pans. So I'm making Greek meatless mini loaves and spanakopita. Also a spinach antipasto, which is like an entree salad. And these yummy and spice bars with cream cheese frost frosting. I like to give the clients a little extra something, so I think I'll package up a little bit of my fig and cherry chutney. And they've also expressed interest in my ferments, which is one of my newest products. Um, I'm going to do some cauliflower and sauerkraut, but I also have a little bit of something in the fridge that I'll share with them. All right. Thanks again for joining us. On episode number two, the Creative Revolution Show, I am Ron. And I'm Shireen. Join us on our next episode. Right now, we're doing monthly episodes, so stay tuned. We'll announce when the next one's going to come out. Check us out on all the, uh, the uh, podcast places that you can get streaming podcasts. And be sure to watch this um video to the end for a short but special message from our creative producers all right until we meet again Still making stuff up. up.